0: Welcome back to the Best Minutes podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of the Apollo 13 Minute, the Rocketeer Minute, and the Airport Minute.
1: And I'm Hal Bryan of the Rocketeer and Other Minutes.
2: And I'm Chris Henry from the Apollo 13 Minute, as well as the EAA Aviation Museum. And once again, we're welcoming back our special guest, Katherine wyler Ma'am thank you for being here it's a high honor for all three of us to get to talk with you
3: well it's a pleasure for me so thank you
0: it's it's a lot of fun to talk, talk about all these minutes um we're in a we're in a very in- intriguing minute here uh we have uh homer's dad is talking to uh his hopeful daughter-in-law to be uh wilma uh, uh talking about the the trouble with homer and uh it's uh it's it's coming this this will be this is the setup for for a larger scene between homer and wilma and uh, again, uh, your dad does such a great job being very personal about this. He, he he does exposition, but it's not overt exposition. It's just we're kind of listening in on conversations to pick up clues as to what's going on. Um, I don't... It, this is one of those kind of movies that where you have a large ensemble and you keep thinking, oh, maybe I have a favorite character, but every time you go to a new bunch of characters, you go, no, that's my favorite character. And that's my, but I think... The Homer and Wilma relationship is one of my favorite parts of this film.
3: And I think also in this particular minute, you see uh, the father of this damaged uh, son who's come home. And uh, you know that the parents don't really know what to do. He keeps to himself. They try everything they can think of. Uh, It's just a whole new world in terms of their relationships. and so hard to to know what to do
0: yeah and, you know, and we're we're seeing it even in the uh you know the family members uh luella is trying to understand it so she's she's acting out what she's seeing uh homer's doing and trying to figure out well how does how do you work you know he, she's not being she's not trying to be mean or anything but she's just trying to figure out how does she's processing how is her brother dealing with not having hands what would you do if you only had hooks for hands um, it's very natural and honest uh, look at how, how a child will look at these things.
3: That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, one of the uh, little slice of life things that just sort of defines a, a, a different attitudes in a different era that was interesting to me in both uh, the minute uh, prior to this one and in this scene is we're here in sort of, you know, pitch perfect, Pleasant Valley Sunday type uh, suburbia with mowing the lawn and things like this. And then we hear gunshots. Coming from the backyard, and in a movie made today, or even sort of in recent memory, that would be the, you know, that would be an immediate cue that something, something dreadful has happened, and you know, goodness, you know, has has somebody, you know, has Russell gone and hurt himself or something like that, but it's uh, it's interesting to me that it's just sort of a, it's explained away very easily. It says, no, he wanted to to practice. He's got. He's going to go do some hunting, and and it's not presented as a as a you know crazy. Uh, movie-shattering slice of melodrama. It's just, it was a, a normal thing somebody might be doing, even even right here in their uh, their own backyard.
3: Yeah, and I wonder. I I've no idea what the you know the percentage of households with guns at the time may have been totally different than now. Yeah,
0: and it was. I mean. When I was growing up, uh, I lived in a, a rural part of New York and it wouldn't be uncommon for, uh, you know, during hunting season, there's pickup trucks with, uh, with rifle racks on the back and, you know, kids would go shooting after, uh, after, after the, you know, after the game on a weekend, they'd go out. Um, but it, it was a different, there was a different focus then. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't have the ominous nature that it would in a, in a modern, in, you know, at a present day movie. Um, I, I, you know, I I do want to talk about uh, the the acting here is all it's so natural to me. I I feel like people aren't reading. Um, you know, even the kids are doing a great job at not sounding like they're acting through something or reading lines off of a script. Um, and it's just it, it's so it's so impressive, especially when you know the uh, the background of Harold Russell being just you know an, an ordinary soldier who. Uh, because of his uh, his disability, wound up in uh, an army documentary, and then now you know into into your dad's uh, movie. Um,
3: well, you know, in, in in the first iteration of the script, which actually wasn't a script but was a uh, a long poem, uh, he was he he was uh, spastic through uh, I don't know through some terrible event that had happened during the war and made him spastic. And I think um, my father felt that to find an actor to play that, it would always look a bit phony. It just wouldn't work. And uh, somehow they came upon, well, that's right. they, uh, they, They saw Harold Russell in a documentary. And you know that he won two Academy Awards for the same role. The only time that ever happened apparently uh the academy gave him a special oscar and then he won for uh <laughs> i think best supporting actor
0: yeah he does a fantastic job i mean quite a natural at it i just uh you know yeah. he, uh, he 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 comes across so so honest so sincere and you know he probably drew on you know not not exactly method acting but he probably drew on his own experiences in uh, in showing how he felt about things um and this you know this being his first feature film uh to to be out there playing against someone who also uh was was her first feature film uh kathy o'donnell who is uh, of course your aunt uh, and you know shows up on this on this great movie uh with her brother-in-law
3: <laughs> she, <laughs> well her brother was right. she, yeah she became uh she became my aunt she married my uncle my father's brother. Sometime after the film, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, But I also read that um, my father was feuding with Goldwyn, the producer at the time, and Goldwyn was furious when he heard she was under contract to Goldwyn. When Goldwyn heard that she had married a Wyler, he immediately fired her from her contract. Wow. Yeah. That wasn't very nice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, what, what was your aunt Kathy like? You know, off screen, how, she how... she
3: was she was a really, uh, like she is on screen. She was a quiet, sweet, lovely person, and uh, I don't think she really had the career she wanted. Uh, my father used her a lot. Uh, she was in. She played one of the lepers. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, ben, Ben-Hur's uh, sister who gets leprosy and um, you know she was a good actress but uh, she married she married my uncle and uh, you know kept on working a bit but just I think I always thought she would have liked to have done more
0: yeah, she see, she seems very natural, and I it, it, even in she was in a, a couple of noir films that she, you know she was kind of in crime dramas and stuff like that. But she she had such a uh, such an honesty about her when you when you saw her on screen, it didn't it didn't feel like acting. She that's right. She, she could play nervous, but you you know you knew that. Well, especially with your dad, she probably did eight takes of being nervous and still you know probably hit it, hit her marks right every time. Um, she just I. I she always she's very timeless in this film she doesn't feel like she's part of that era she just kind of uh uh she she's uh, she has a very eternal quality about about her uh her acting style
3: yeah um, she was i think it was they live by night was it uh the noir yeah. that she was in that's very good
0: yeah and uh yeah, she just she just comes across so so great and you just you, you take her side on things you know it's like oh God. especially in this movie I mean you feel like you just want to want to you know lean over her shoulder and tell Homer Homer would you get with the program here you- <laughs> right <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, you you mentioned uh, earlier but maybe it was on yesterday's episode we're never sure if we have a favorite character and i say well you know besides wilma yes. i think <laughs> so there's a whole lot of other people tied for second place but there is just something something about her in this that uh it just shines through,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: And, and she sums she sums up basically what you know the same problem that Homer's dad is having is that she doesn't know how to get Homer out of his shell and try to you know explain to him and you know we'll get later on I don't wanna don't want to jump the gun, but you know we'll get later on how she finally gets him to understand how she's feeling about things um but it's so it yeah, you just you just want to hug both of them and then you know <laughs> shake Homer around. Go, come on, <laughs> um, break out of a chum. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: lost your hands, but you still got a brain. See? Yeah, yeah.
2: You know the the thing that I I, I always thought was interesting and it, it there's another movie that that kind of hints at it too was uh, Thirty Seconds Over Tokyo at the end where Ted Lawson has has lost his leg in the crash of his B twenty five after the Doolittle raid and. Um, Doolittle comes to see him in the office and, you know, and, and Lawson's basically says that, you know, he is stalling to see his wife because he doesn't want her to see him without a leg. And, you know, Doolittle says, well, what kind of girl did you marry Lawson? You know, that's not going to matter to her. And, and of course, Ellen didn't care. She was very much like Wilma. Um, but you have to think there was a lot of strong uh, women, m- uh, parents, fathers, you know, uh, and mothers uh, that. You know, they did have to care for these these guys coming home yeah. that were wounded from the war. And you, you don't hear a lot about that outside of, of this film. I mean, you don't hear about, you know, everybody fought World War II on certain levels. And the home front was part of it. And, and this is, a, a, I think, a hard look at at the cost of the war and what these folks, it, it's Wilma's turn to contribute to the war effort, if you will, and take care uh, of Homer. I, yeah. I think it's a, it's a neat look at that.
1: Yeah. And Wilma is such a fascinating and and pitch perfect counterpart to uh, Marie. Oh yeah, you yeah. know who's, who's just <laughs> yeah, light and yeah. light and airy, and and we're going to go back to just the way things were before. And you know, spoiler alert: if it doesn't work with you, it'll work with some other fella. Uh, and Jeez, they just they're yeah. just absolute uh, absolute antithesis of each other. And and what a what a brilliant way to illustrate so many different attitudes.
0: Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting. I, the only the only missing part. I wish your dad had put this in somehow. But there's no there's no time when uh, Marie meets Homer in the whole movie. They never they, they never share oh, a scene yeah. together. And it's it's just the idea of how Marie would react to Homer. It, 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 there she would be the uh-huh. the missing piece. Uh If they had, if they'd all met at Butch's place, oh. the the reaction of Marie would be, "What are we doing here?" Um. <laughs> But,
3: just
1: imagining uh, what her reaction would be, I think uh, I think this picture would have turned very violent at that point. <laughs> right, yeah. And I don't know <laughs> who would be lining up to uh, yeah. to uh, you know take care of uh, take care of that. But boy, uh, you, you just imagine she would be gauche and thoughtless and everything else, and and go from being a, you know a, a fascinating representation of a certain type of persona to just being the absolute villain of the piece.
2: You know I, yeah. it, it. You know she's bad when. In the film, I'm not ge- spoilers. I'm giving away, uh, you know, a movie made in the '40s here, but uh, <laughs> you know, um, when when Peggy finally breaks down and she's like, "I'm gonna break them up," you know, and you're just like, "Thank God!" <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs>
0: right?
1: Go, Peggy, go! Yeah. Gosh
0: i i i've got to ask well while we have well you well we have you on the show catherine um you you were in this film br- very briefly do you have any memories of that? i mean you're a very you're oh a very i do girl
3: i i do actually i think i was uh, about six and but what i remember is uh my sister was three or four and i was six and we were told to stand and look at, at look into a candy uh, display And um, Dana Andrews was going to walk past us. Well, if you know where to look, this one moment when Dana Andrews is walking into the drugstore, you see these two little girls. I had a big crush on Dana Andrews. And so you can see this one little girl with her mouth hanging wide open. And my head goes right to left, just following Dana Andrews. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think you know my father didn't use me again. Uh, <laughs> you had your chance kid. Uh, You're t- out of the picture kid. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. I I did get I did get a moment in Roman Holiday. Uh there's there's a moment when uh, Gregory Peck is trying to get a camera from a little girl at the Trevi Fountain and my sister got the close up cuz she had the camera. And I call the teacher my deathless line. Hey, Miss Weber. And uh, that was that was my last on-screen moment. Uh, uh, but it's
0: it's an IMDb credit. You can't turn them down. So that's good. Absolutely. Wow. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um. I now did did your dad wow. have any of the any of the talent come over to the house? I mean, I, I, I keep oh, yeah. imagining like you're you know you're there and the the doorbell rings and it's Frederick March or something. It's just oh, it's Frederick March.
3: Well. You know, it's funny, I I guess because of my crush, I remember Dana Andrews. Dana Andrews came from a, a town in California, in mid-California, that was very famous for pea soup, and I can't remember the name of the town anymore, but I think it's still famous for pea soup, and um, I do remember, I think that maybe uh, tennis games or... You know, everybody, everybody came over for, for dinner or my father played gin rummy. So they, you know, those who played gin rummy did that. Uh, There was, there was a a lot of uh, socializing. Ah, Wow. Yeah. But,
0: you know, I, and I, I understand this from when you're growing up in a show business family. This is like, and my dad was a, my dad was a welder and we had a lot of welders come over, but he also, it, for some reason, my dad was friends with a lot of uh, professional boxers, so he he we we had two ton Tony Galento in our house once. Whoa! And, and, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know, but that's he's a friend of my dad's. But you know, I keep thinking your dad. Well, he brings his work home with him, and it just happens to be you know Betty Davis shows up and things like that. <laughs> so or well, or Greg, true, yeah, Greg Tolan and stuff. You know, it, it's just um, it, it's it's hard to picture if you're not in the business that it's show business, that's what, that's what it's all part of.
3: Well, he, he, that, I would say that he, he most liked writers, writers to him were gods. They were the ones who made it all happen. And, uh, and, and also they were generally uh, funny, witty characters. So that's, who mostly came over.
1: As someone who makes his living writing, I'm just, I'm sitting up a little straighter now. Um, <laughs> and I can tell you that, uh, that yes, as a rule, we are a, a clever, charming, and absolutely lovable bunch.
3: Absolutely. Well, I'm not sure about the lovable part, but, you know. <laughs> oh, Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. It was going so well. But I think, no, one of the good things about writers is that they're difficult, you know? You have to, you have to, uh, there's lots of, to and fro and that is you know it's a collaborative art so that makes the movies better
0: here wow. Wow. Well, Catherine, we, we we're coming to the end on this, on this minute, but we've got to have you back sometime. Maybe next week we can get we can get you in for a couple more episodes to chat. If we can if we could, this would be wonderful. I would um, love it. I, I, anyway, we'll 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 pencil that in. Um, but anyway, I just want to remind our listeners that you can find the Best Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, thebestminutes.com. If you want to talk back with us, like 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 we talked to Catherine, you can talk to us. We uh you can uh, talk to us on social media at uh, Butch's Place, the best years of our Lives. Uh, listeners cafe on facebook or on twitter at the best minutes Uh, this is friday so i always want to remind people on fridays that uh, there are over 180 other movies by minutes podcasts available at moviesbyminutes.com and uh, you should check out that site for uh, for more great shows. If you like the way we talk about this movie, there's 180 others plus out there. Um, if you see, chances are that your favorite movie is out there. If not, uh, why don't you make your own movies by minutes uh, podcast? And you can you can join us here. But anyway, check that out at moviesbyminutes.com. Uh, we uh, listen. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll see who's coming up uh, next as we talk with uh, with Homer and Wilma in the uh, back in the woodshed uh, Monday. But uh, have a great weekend. We'll see you here Monday on the Best Minutes podcast.
2: Hey Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.